Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here, and joining me now is uh, Dr. Thadia Carey. She is with the Development Center's new clinic and treatment model on Detroit's west side that recently opened to all residents of Metro Detroit. Dr. Carey, how are you, the medical director of the clinic? How are you? I am doing very well this, this morning. So it's a pleasure talking with you. So why don't you give us some background first about the Development Center's clinic? What, what is this and how, it, how did it come about? Okay, so Development Centers has been a part of this West Side and, and part of the East Side communities for over 30 years. We provide behavioral health services or mental health services, whichever one you're most comfortable uh, with. And so there was a request from SAMHSA, which is one of the government agencies, about a year ago, requesting it, individuals, meaning individual nonprofit organizations, to put in for a grant. And development centers and our staff, we put in for um, a CCBHC, which is Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic, about a year ago. And we were one of the agencies that was awarded this grant. And so the grant is providing us with funds to expand our reach in the community. So Dr. Carey, is that what enables you to provide the mental, the, the health services without insurance? Yes. So the grant has provided the funds for us to hire staff um, and pay their salaries in which we can give this service to the community even to individuals without health care ins insurance to make sure they are able to take advantages of the care that we're able to provide. So people listening today here in Itcher community, if they are in need of the service, do they have to live in the metro Detroit area? How does this work? Do they have to be residents of the city or? So uh, we will take anyone within Wayne County. Okay. So uh, that is our kind of catchment area. Okay, so why today is it so important, Dr. Carey, to provide mental health services? Well, you can't have a good quality of life without mental health services, without physical health services, without you being a complete, whole, healthy, or well individual. And that's where mental health, um, oftentimes individuals push it, you know, to the side, well, it's not a physical disability or, you know, I can put on a mask and look like I'm doing pretty good and, and people won't know, but it is going to adversely affect your well-being, your ability to be a productive member of society, your ability to be a good mother or a good father or a good, you know, parent or a good sibling, or a good, you know, it's gonna impair your ability, you can't even work if you do not have good mental health in addition to physical health. It affects every aspect of our life. Um, and if we get technical, that's even part of the definition of a mental illness, is it has to cause clinically significant distress or it has to impair your ability to function. You know, and um, how much have we seen our ability to function in the, in the recent 
18 months because of the pandemic. I we, We've read so many stories, Dr. Carey, of uh, stress, anxiety, even suicide on the rise. Can you speak to that? Uh, yes, it's been unfortunate um, what we've had to go through um, with this uh, pandemic as a result of COVID-19. I think part of why there's been such an increase in the need for mental health services, as well as individuals dealing with um, mental illness is because of one, the stress. So we have had, you know, our body is able to deal with short-term stress. So, you know, okay, you're anxious getting to work. Okay, you get to work, that stress is over with. Now yeah. you've made it there. Or some other time-limited stress. But we have had a prolonged stress over a year dealing with that pandemic. And that is going to affect not only our mental health, but also our physical health as well. And then you add on top of that, some of the coping strategies that we used to use, we it was taken away from us, like literally stripped away. And that's why, I'm sorry, I hate the term, you know, um, social distancing. Because it was not what we needed to do. What we needed was physical distancing. So a lot of people took that to heart. And so then they even stopped calling one another, you know, texting one another. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. That's such a good point, Dr. Carey, because social distancing really sent the wrong message. Mm -hmm. We are social beings. We yes. need to socialize with each other, you know. Uh, and you're right. I love that you're making that point because... Uh, and I, I pray this never happens again, but we, you know, I understand the six feet apart, but we needed still to connect with each other. Yes, yes. And I think that lack of connection is what has triggered this increase in mental illness, the increase in suicide, because now you're, you're hopeless with the situation and you're under distress and you don't have anyone you, or you don't feel like you have anyone that you can reach out to to support you or help you through that process. Yeah, and we also saw during this time, and this was uh, data that was coming out, that there was an increase of substance abuse, whether it be illegal substances or legal substances such as alcohol consumption. Can you speak to that as well, Dr. Carey? Um, yes, so when you take away um, coping strategies, now we have narrowed or limited or however you want to put it, I like to think of it as a toolbox. And in our toolbox of healthy functioning, we had the ability to talk to one another, you know, get together. Even if we didn't say anything, physically being together, you know, can help our mood. And that tool was like stripped out of the toolbox. So yeah. then that left individuals with a limited number of tools. And unfortunately, to deal with stress, some individuals turn more to chemical tools, such as the alcohol, marijuana, um, opiates, all of those, all of the, the substances of abuse have increased during this pandemic, partly as a way of individuals dealing with that distress because some of the other tools were no longer available to them. So tell me about the services that you're providing for those with a substance use disorder. Okay, so we provide the full range of, of services. And when I say that, it means whatever substance you're using, we're gonna use our skills to help you. So in some cases, that may be group 
and or individual therapy to assist an, a person in their recovery. In other cases, we have medication that is highly effective that can help individuals leave the alcohol or leave the opiate use behind and improve their health by taking a prescribed medication the way it is intended and it can get them away from using those other substances that can be so damaging to the mental health and physical health of, of the individual. You know, you know, I want you to elaborate on that, uh, Dr. Carey, about um, medications, because in some cases, there is a need to take medication for mental health, but it's prescribed by a doctor. So you're taking it appropriately and not from the street. You're not buying it off the street. Correct. And I think that um, our community supports such as AA and NA are valuable resources for individuals that are on their journey of recovery. But one of the places that can be challenging is that oftentimes those agencies or organizations do not believe in use of medication. And so that can make it hard for individuals that need medication as a tool, not the only tool, but as a tool in their recovery. And the medications, depending on what the drug use is and what medication we use, it works in different ways. And one of the main things it can do is help the person not have to suffer through withdrawal, which um, can be very um, damaging physically and emotionally. And in some cases, trying to withdraw from, for example, alcohol without the assistance of medication can be deadly. So we can't throw out a particular tool because it doesn't fit with our um, uh, mantra or, yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so what other um, health conditions did you see get worse during the pandemic, Dr. Carey? Oh my goodness. Um, you name it, it has gotten worse. Um, uh, obesity, I think is number one. Um, I mean, there, there was a running joke, um, that, oh, okay. We didn't get COVID-19, but we did gain our 19, meaning the average weight gain in that year, that first year of dealing with COVID-19 was about 19 pounds. Yeah. Um, and so gaining that much weight in a short period of time has adverse effects for uh, joints. So we're seeing more joint pain, knee, in particular knee and back pain, um, as well as rapid weight gain is also affecting their ability, their physical ability to appropriately metabolize medic, uh, appropriately metabolize their foods. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing a rise in diabetes. Um, we're also seeing a rise in high blood pressure, all of that just as a result of the pandemic, the weight gain, the less activity, physical activity, as a result of everyone staying home um, has contributed to an increase in those uh, medical problems. Yeah, to that point, Dr. Carey, we know a lot of people, and I, I'm going to add myself into this, uh, coping mechanism is becoming a stress eater, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is which is not the way to go. I'm going to attest to that, not to. Uh, my daughter and I joke about how we were part of that gain, uh, the, the COVID-19, gain 19, and um, she quickly changed that around. She went on a major exercise and eat healthy eating and, and lost that weight. 
this past year or so. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the reaction or the feedback, I should say, Dr. Carey, that you're getting from patients who are choosing to work with you and use your clinic for healthcare. Okay, so the feedback we're getting is that individuals are extremely thankful and grateful that the, the services are available to them. Um, they are seeing their lives improve. Um, we've had patients that are now receiving the right treatment for their diabetes and their high blood pressure. So now they're also getting that education because we have group education um, to assist them in improving their eating habits. Um, and so they're starting to lose that weight that was gained, which is also reducing the pain that they're having in their back and knees. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also having people very thankful to be able to have the, the individual and group therapy support because they're realizing I am not alone in my struggles, mm -hmm. but also they're gaining strategies to help them deal with you know low mood and um, the depression or whatever other mental um, you would like challenges they're experiencing. And then uh, we also have individuals that in the last few months have entered into recovery from their substance use just mm -hmm. because the service is available. And in those particular cases, um, they were able to benefit from the use of a medication to assist them in their recovery. And so that has uh, made a world of difference for them um, financially, as well as physically, and in their overall uh, emotional well-being. So Dr. Carey, talking about the group therapy, how um, necessary is that for some people that, you know, is that being a component to their recovery or the process, you know, of what they're going through? Yes. Now, I do want to um, preface this by saying every person is an individual, mm -hmm. and that is something that we do as a part of our comprehensive evaluation is mm -hmm. help us determine what is going to be the right treatment strategies for that individual. And there are a number of individuals that benefit from the group therapy and how they benefit is one, having the support, two, knowing that they are not alone, three, hearing strategies from other individuals in their situation on what could be useful to help them in their recovery, uh, whether that's from mental health or their physical health or even from substance use. Because even though they, an individual may work individually, like one-on-one -on -one with a therapist, sometimes the therapist can say the same thing, but it doesn't carry the same weight as someone who's, who's walked that journey ahead of, of that individual. So that's one of the things we do in that comprehensive assessment is determine if individual, meaning one-on-one -on -one with a therapist or is group is the best therapy for. A particular patient. Yeah, that's a good point. So I know you also work um, closely with veterans. Speak to me about that too. Um, veterans, oh my goodness. Veterans have a special place in my heart. And, and I always start when I talk about my veterans by saying that because um, I grew up, most of my male family members uh, were veterans. Uh, my father and his brother were veterans. Um, and then Six of my mom's seven brothers are veterans. Wow. Um, my, my nephew is a veteran. Wow. Um, he's, well, he's actually still active duty. I have uh -huh. several cousins that are veterans. So they hold a very special place in my heart. Well, God um, bless them and tell them I personally thank them for their service. You know, I, I will. 
I will. <laughs> but in being able to treat a veteran is you don't have to walk the same path that they walk, but you do need to understand their culture because becoming the mm. process of becoming um, a, a military individual carries with it a whole host of training. Um, they have ethics that they hold near and dear. One of them is, you know, you know, the lives of others yeah. above themselves. And we have to understand that. Is, is a part of what they they believe deeply. And it also affects how they interact with the community and how they um, how they present themselves. And so mm -hmm. understanding that, and we have all of our staff do training to understand working with the veteran population. So one, we can give them the respect that they deserve. And two, we can come into it with an understanding as far as understanding some of the jargon, you know, like a DD-214. It's like, okay, what is that? You know, yeah. things like that, that they're going to say on a regular basis that if you don't know, um, then you're going to miss the message of what those words were that they, mm. they expressed to you. So that's part of what we do with our staff so that we can provide a me meaningful treatment and interaction with our veterans. How the understanding the veteran culture um, also helps us as treatment providers understand how well or not well a veteran may be doing when they come for treatment, mm. okay? I'm sorry, the average person, okay, if they come in and blue jeans and they're not ironed, no big deal. If you come, if it's a vet and they come in and their clothes are not ironed and he's properly or she's properly attired, you already know that they're doing worse than whatever they would let come out of their mouth just because oh. they're so used to having their clothes ironed. Um, clean. Oh, I would have never thought about that. That's what a great point. Yes. And, and that's that's why we do that training with our staff so we can understand that. And then because um, veterans have had to work in the service in areas where most of the time they were putting their lives on the line, mm -hmm. if we're assessing them, um, say, for an anxiety disorder or for post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. we need to understand there are certain things that are going to be hard for them to say it's going to be hard for a veteran to say that they feared anything. It's part of the culture. They were trained mm -hmm. not to fear, to mm -hmm. do. And so that's how we are able to better understand our veterans when they come in and also make the environment more welcoming so we can really assess them and get them the care that they need. Yeah, and, and, and do you have particular support groups just for veterans because they have experiences the rest of us don't have? Um, at this at this time, we do not have veteran-specific groups because it is such a small number oh, okay. of the veterans that are um, currently, now we are open, come on in. Mm -hmm. um, but currently we have a small number of veterans. So for the most part, we're providing individual therapy to them um, because you're right, an average person would not fully understand what they've been through. Yeah, I, I would think that they're, experiences are so specific that you don't you you'd have to have served in the military to understand what their needs are and what they're going through and it's nice that you have that background honestly with your family that you can relate to a veteran more so than the average doctor 
Yes. And I, I did work at uh, at one of the VAs for three years in, in my past before I came over to development centers. Oh, wow. So tell me a little bit more about uh, diversity and inclusion. You know, you talk about the veterans and, and reaching a broader audience and the work that you're doing. Yes. So um, we also have one, a, a very uh, diverse staff um, here, which I think um, lends itself to reaching a broader community. Um, we have had patients come in and it was wonderful instead of having to call interpretive services to communicate with that patient, mm -hmm. we, we just, oh, staff so-and-so speaks Urdu, like who knew, you know? And so we transferred the patient to a staff member so she could talk to that particular staff member in her native tongue without the intermediary of a translator. Now, mm -hmm. if of course we don't have someone um, that speaks that language, we do know how to quickly get a hold of well-trained uh, translators so we can still provide services, but we have a, a very diverse staff. We also have a race diverse staff, which I think helps our patients because in some cases, not all, in some cases it does help for a patient, you know, if they're female to have a female doctor or if they're male and to have a male doctor or if they are African-American to have an African-American provider. It's not always needed, but there are a small population of our patients where that is very meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. uh, we also provide services to the LGBTQ community. We also have staff that identify. Um, but since you can't always have a staff member mm -hmm. that is um, similar to a patient in any one of you know, the diversity and inclusion categories, that's why we require all of our staff to be trained because mm -hmm. we want to have an open um, caring environment and we do not want to inadvertently exclude anyone or disrespect anyone. So we make sure all of our staff are, are trained because yes, let's say your therapist or your clinician um, identifies the same as you and you have a great relationship, that could all be erased if the medical support team or the secretary that schedules your appointment was not um, respectful of your identity. Yeah, and sensitive to people's experiences. Yes. Uh, Dr. Um, Carrie, you know, if people are listening here on, on It's Your Community and want to reach out to you, how do they do that? How do they make an appointment? How do they find out more? Yes, yeah, so they can call our access number and let them know we heard about it, we're interested, we need because they're going to want to know what you need so we can get you um, plugged in the right way. And that telephone number is 313-531-2500. And is the clinic, uh, Dr. Carey, primarily for adults? Is there an age group? Do you see children? How does that work? So um, I'm going to quote our chief program officer, okay. and we will take care of you from the cradle to the grave. So Development Centers has an infant mental health program in which we have clinicians that will work with um, young mothers and fathers, how to take care of their infant, how to know if your infant is developing appropriately, how to help your infant develop appropriately what to do if you notice a problem with your infant. Um, development Centers also has 
early Head Start and Head Start programs. We have therapists in not, I'm sorry, 10 of the Detroit public schools. Um, so we will take care of you all through you know, childhood, and then we have the full range of adult services. So we will literally take care of you from the cradle to the grave if you will trust your care with us. And uh, anything else that you want to mention that I didn't ask you, Dr. Carey, here on your Community? Um, no, we have covered a lot of areas. Um, <laughs> you have a, yeah, there's you're a wealth of, of information, a great resource, and it's um, so. When were when did you guys officially open? When have you been up and running? So we have been here over thirty years. Mm -hmm. Our grant. We received the grant earlier this year and we officially opened um, our grant funded services, I should say, um, June 15th. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Well, I wanna thank you for joining us here in It's Your Community. If you wanna give out a website, a phone number, what else do you wanna give out? Just give that out again. Okay, the best telephone number to reach us is 313-531-531. 2500. And of course, if you type in development centers in your search engine, it will bring us up and you, you will be able to get all the information you need about what we can provide. Dr. Carey, thank you so much for joining us here on It's Your Community and sharing your story with us. Glad to be a part of it. Thank it a, you. It was a pleasure talking with you. If you have any questions or comments, show topics you want me to get to, Vanessa Denha. You do that very easily. And we're always looking for new topics. Very, you know, you heard the kind of story we like to tell here. Very community-oriented, nonprofits, and people helping out the community. You can find me at Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can uh, message me there. You can also find me on all the social media platforms, including Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you can private message me on any of the platforms there as well. As always, we remind our listeners to connect, collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.